Chucking It From The Cheap Seats is the newest podcast covering high school basketball. Head coach Josh Thompson interviews some of the most impactful people who make Hoosier hysteria great. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Subscribe to Chucking It From The Cheap Seats wherever you listen to your podcasts. For over 32 years, D1 Basketball has offered elite basketball camps and top-tier player development programs. Team camps, individual skills camps, and shooting camps can improve performance for you. View Indiana basketball camps impact performance like D1 Basketball. Since 1989, annual enrollment in D1 Basketball has grown from 80 to 3,500 players, making it one of the largest individual basketball organizations in the Midwest. The mission of D1 Basketball is to help coaches and players maximize their performance. D1 Basketball Facts. D1 Basketball Camps are exclusively endorsed by the Indiana Basketball Coaches Association. D1 Team Camps have hosted more high school sectional championship teams, Final Four teams, and Indiana All-Stars than any other camp shootout or summer tournament. D1 Team Camps provide the best chance for a school coach to work with all their teams in its top-tier competition from South Our next guest... On the Chucking It From The Cheap Seats podcast is quietly building one of the best small school college programs in the country. Today, we introduce you to the man who has played, assisted, and is now the head coach of Grace College. Next on the podcast, here on Chucking It From The Cheap Seats, we welcome from Grace College, head coach, Scott Moore. Okay, so today on the Checking It from the Cheap Seats podcast, we are joined by head coach at Grace, Scott Moore. Coach, thanks for being on with us today. I know this is a really busy time of the year for uh, you guys. I know you had morning practice this morning, but thanks for uh, squeezing me and the kids in the Bari Media class into your schedule. Oh, my pleasure, man. I, I have been listening to your episodes, and it's it's uh, it's been fun just to just to hear what other coaches are, are saying. And and I'm an Indiana basketball guy, man. So just a big fan, and uh, excited to be on. Well, we've had some college coaches on, um, Coach Tonegal there at Indiana Wesleyan. We'll talk about him. We'll talk about the Crossroads League here in a little bit. Uh, we had Coach Lewis, and we we had Coach Davenport. But um, mm-hmm. it, it's definitely. Uh, a different perspective for a lot of our listeners because a lot of my listeners are high school coaches themselves or aspiring head coaches, guys that are assistants. And so we love getting, you know, the, the angle at, from a college coach. So uh, we, we definitely are glad to have you on here today. Um, coach, we, we always start off, um, you know, just talking about background. So those that don't know you extremely well, don't know you and Columbia city basketball and the, the, vast background that you and your brothers have how did you get to where you're at today yeah it, it, you know I come from a, a basketball family my 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 dad was uh Indiana basketball guy we grew up like most kids in the 90s of you know we wanted to play for Bob Knight at IU and uh <laughs> you know, wanted to hang banners for the Hoosiers so um you know I had a great opportunity my brother my twin brother and I you know grew up with two older siblings my sister's 10 years older and then my older brother Matt who I know you've talked to before I'm mm-hmm. good friends with uh, here at Warsaw uh six years older than Marcus and I so just kind of going through that with Columbia City just you know where you're younger and you're looking up and all you want to do is just 
be a part of your brother's teams. And so when we were in elementary school and he's in high school and, you know, we got a, we got a brand new coach took over at Columbia city when I was fourth grade, um, Chris Benedict Mm -hmm. and man, that kind of started it. We, we had just a love. We just wanted to be in the gym all day long. Uh, we couldn't get in the gym. We were outside somewhere, right? The black top. And you came home when your, your hands were covered and, uh, after dinner time sometime when mom was yelling at you. So just, uh, you know, I loved hoops. We had a great friend system growing up where, Mm -hmm. you know, my guys kind of, you know, you, you see it a little bit down, down South at Bar Reeve, but mm-hmm. it's, it's I, you know, you don't understand how uncommon it is. You just, you know what you know. So yeah. I thought everybody kind of had the same idea, but here we were seven, eight guys, you know, from kindergarten on just best friends playing hoops together. Yeah. And every year, every year, every year until we get to high school. So got to high school, um, had an unbelievable, unbelievable time, obviously just playing for Coach Benedict and, mm-hmm. and learning about a lot about the game of basketball and just um, it was a process, right? Like I think that's that's one thing we learned back then was, you know, sometimes today I think kids, uh, everybody wants something so fast, so quick. They yeah. just want immediate gratification. And, and that, wasn't the, that wasn't the case, man. Like mm-hmm. we got there as freshmen and we had a bunch of seniors that – were above us and a bunch of juniors that were above us. And, you know, we had three or four guys that were pretty good that could probably play up, but just, mm-hmm. you know, we played on JV and, and we did as much as we could and then got to varsity as sophomores and, you know, we came off the bench and mm-hmm. by the time we were juniors and seniors, then you're competing and, and trying to win a state championship. So uh, lost to the state championship game to, um, oh, I, I don't know if you've ever heard of them. <laughs> they, they, small school in Indianapolis, Lawrence North, um, uh, the coach is a no name. I know he isn't. Oh yeah, coach for long, but um, Coach Kiefer and those guys, you know Conley and Odin, all that. Um, just an awesome rivalry. We yeah. got beat by him by one in double overtime in the Hall of Fame Classic. My uh-huh. uh, go go at Christmas, and then have that rematch in the state finals was awesome. Yeah, and then um, you know, had an opportunity then just to continue playing. Um, you know, we, we kind of were all over the board, honestly, with recruiting from. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Ball State, Indiana State. Marcus had an offer from Army, um, all the way Division Twos outside of the state of Indiana, and then the Crossroads League, which was the Mid Central Conference at the time. And just uh, yeah, you know, it was kind of neat. We just uh, both both Marcus and I ended up here at Grace um, mm-hmm. in our own decision um, separately, and it was just where God had us, and we had just an unbelievable uh, experience here at Grace. Um, had a great basketball teammate. We just grew, had a ton of great teammates, won a lot of games, got to be an elite eight. Um, and then that, that opportunity led us to a couple of years overseas playing, um, got to play in China for a short time and then played in Australia for, for a year, for seven and a half months. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, after that, just, uh, didn't know what I want to do with life. So I was like, well, let's, uh, maybe try this coaching thing out. So I, uh, I made the mistake of getting in the coaching profession and, uh, <laughs> here I am today. So I was with my brother for a couple of years at Mount Vernon. It was an awesome experience, man. Just learning, yeah. um, trying to figure stuff out. And after that, uh, three years there, I, I had an opportunity to come back with coach Kessler here at Grace mm-hmm. for, uh, I was here for seven years and then he stepped down and retired, um, you know, three and a half, uh, four years ago now. So this mm-hmm. is my fourth year entering um, as the head basketball coach here, and here we are. Yeah, a- a- an amazing story. And you hit on something that I talk about a lot with other coaches um, that 
you know, have come from successful programs, coach at successful programs. A lot of times we just take it for granted, as, as you talked about as a kid growing up, you know, you're, you're with your buddies, you, you're, you're in a basketball powerhouse program, you pay your dues, you get to the, you know, and, and winning just kind of builds on winning. And I, mm-hmm. I remind our kids here at Bar Eve how special you know, it is and, and what a great opportunity they have here to play at Bari because not every kid has that experience. And when you're growing up inside of that experience, like you said, it's almost like a closed system and you don't realize that there's a lot of kids that would give anything to be a part of that. So, you know, that that's awesome that the Lord has blessed you that way to be a part of those things. And then you hit on two things that, that I wanted to go back to before we go any farther. You talked about Coach Benedict, you talked about Coach Kessler. I mean, you were so blessed to play for two great coaches. Just talk briefly about the impact that they had, not just on you as a basketball player, but you as a man. Yeah, I mean, I think as, as male figures, you know, for us um, as as men deep down inside, you know, we, we, we want to have that male influence and our father mm-hmm. or a father symbol is so important in the lives of every male. And I had a fantastic relationship with my dad still do to this day. Um, my, my brothers and sister are so lucky with our parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had that, but there was also another, you know, there's a different type of father where, you know, coach Benedict, you know, growing up, like, like he was just, he was everything to us and, and anyone who played for him, you just, you wanted to please him. And you wanted to just, you just wanted to do things Mm -hmm. the right way so that he was proud of you. Yeah. And I think learning, learning the details when I was younger, learning um, just how to carry yourself and how to become, you know, how how to value winning, how to value your relationships, Mm -hmm. how to do things the right way. Um, Not, and not just, not just from a week to week or random, but like every day, right? Every moment. Just we have an opportunity to do things the right way, and it just separates. You know, why is a why is a small farm school in northern Indiana, you know, going up against these powerhouses um, and, and the likes and, of Greg and, and stuff? Yeah. And, yeah, and like you know, we and we had good players. Yeah, and, you know, Doug Sheckler and Marcus Moore and Ryan Br- and those guys were good, but like, you know, they're just there's something that separates us, and I think having that opportunity with Coach Benedict. I remember him saying what you just said when we finished mm-hmm. um, after that senior year. He told our group, "You won't quite understand what you just did or the impact you had on this community until years down the road." And he's right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's all we knew. That's all we, you know, Friday nights, Saturday nights, the gym's packed. You know, people are traveling around. I I can't believe. I mean, looking back on it now, you just it's so many people invested in the lives of 17 year olds mm-hmm. and it sounds crazy. Yeah. Um, but like, dude, that's what Indiana hoops was. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 you know, I look back and I'm so glad to have that opportunity to have coach Benedict kind of teach us that part of our life. And then that led to coach K where, you know, I got here at grace and mm-hmm. to be honest with you at 20 years old, like, not that I knew everything we, we, we learned that, but I knew quite a bit about basketball from, from the previous coach where I needed to grow up a little bit and become a man and figure out what that was like. And that transition from coach Benedict to coach K was so good for, for me and for my brother, uh, my brothers where, okay, now I'm learning how to be a 
father one day. Now I'm learning how to be a, a, a husband. Um, what does being a best friend look like? You know, what is like, what are all those things look like? And coach Kessler, just the ultimate, um, just genuine. He's one of my best friends. He's 40 years older than me. And I, I tell you that genuinely, he's one of my best friends. I just, I love him to death. We, we see each other once, twice a week. He stops over. He texted me today saying, Hey, you know, I give anything just to be at that five o'clock practice with you guys. And he does, he misses it. But uh-huh. like, man, to have those two men in your lives at the time I had in my life, you know, from 16 to then 20 with coach K, um, it was everything. And, and I, I do truly believe I was so lucky looking back where I got the experience two legends, um, two different t- parts of my life. Well, and, and you know, something else that, that you hit on coach is, you know, being in that moment and realizing how fortunate you are, because just as you talked about how um, Coach Benedict talked about how it, it could be years down the road as a player before you realize the impact that you had on the program and the community, I catch myself, and, and I've had really good mentors that have reminded me of this, like, hey, step back every once in a while and just realize where you're at and what you're doing and how fortunate you are, because on the rough days – those are the types of things that are going to bring you through. Like, you know, I have to step back at times and just say, Hey, I've been through some real valleys in coaching, but this is where I'm at right now. And I'm so blessed to be here. Um, And I think that's an important lesson for all coaches to learn, not just aspiring head coaches, but all, all coaches to stop. And, and I don't want to say stop and smell the roses, but stop and realize how blessed you are. Well, I I think that, that someone told me this a few years ago where, you know, we're, we're created, um, we're competitive, right? Like mm-hmm. where that's just how we're wired, bigger, better, faster, stronger. Yeah. Um, the grass is greener here, it's greener here. Um, but someone had said, you know, I think it was last year told me like, Hey man, just remember your worst day is, is someone's miracle. Oh, amen. I mean, it's like, it's like somebody out there is looking at my job going, dude, I would kill mm-hmm. to be able to do what you're doing. And I do, I, yeah. I gives you a perspective to walk in. Um, you know, I, I'm sitting here, I get a, a, do a job that I don't consider a job. I wake up every day excited to see my boys excited to, you know, just, I go in my AD's office every day and see how he's doing and just like, Hey, how's, how are the girls, how are things get? like that, that to me that when it's not a job and you know, this being a, being a coach where like, all the other stuff, the winning and, and cutting down nets and going through, like, that's, that's the bonus stuff. And I think when we figure that out, and it took, you, it took me a while to figure that out. I'm competitive like anybody. But, like, man, let's put, let's put some things in perspective how lucky we actually are to do this. Amen to that, Coach. Uh, hey, I want to ask you now and, and transition from the basketball floor over to your family. And, uh, Coach, just hang on just a second before you answer that, and I'll go back and answer, ask that question again. We got this feedback on the PA. All right, so, Coach, I want to transition from the basketball floor over to family life, and just tell us a little bit about your family and about how you find that balance of being a college head coach and also being a husband and a father. Yeah, well, I, I, let me start with this. I, I, I was just having a conversation with somebody, and, and um, I, I get, you know, the hours that you put in and that we put in, and mm-hmm. it's, we, this can consume us, right? Like, oh, yeah. yes, we love it, but we're almost, there's an obsession here with mm-hmm. what we do. 
where it can become unhealthy. But I've seen so many people, especially at my level, the collegiate level, that just will tell you um, it's almost impossible to have this family life. You got to pick one or the other, right? The divorce rate is so high Mm -hmm. in coaching. And it's just like, I just disagree with that, man. I I look at Tony Dungy had that great book he wrote uh, years ago. And you just like, okay, if a guy like that at the highest level, when you're talking about a billion dollar organization, right? Mm -hmm. If a guy like that can tell his coaches and his staff, Hey, this is how we're going to do things. We're going to put family Mm -hmm. first and this is going to be your job and you can incorporate it in, Mm -hmm. in what we do, but like that takes precedent. And so, I truly believe, and I'm so lucky here with with our athletic department. Just they value family. You know, my little like today, mm-hmm. practice in the morning, five thirty, and I just told my AD, "Hey, I'm going to run home. I'm going to spend some time with my little guy." I picked him up, and we went about ten minutes down the road to the lakes, and uh, we were in the playground for two hours, just playing around. Yeah, and drop him back off, come back, and it's so like that. That um, that to me, I'm not sure. Like I like basketball uh-huh. coach, but like I love the kids that I get to do it with. Yeah. I love the opportunity because that was such a, a, a changing age in my life from mm-hmm. 2021, 20, 22 that I love the impact that we're able to have. And honestly, they have such an impact on me that like, man, I want my family invested in that. Mm-hmm. I want my little guy around and, you know, I, I bring him to practice and he runs around on the outside and tries not to, tackle or get hit by anybody but like <laughs> it's just it, yeah it's just so valuable what we do and to be honest with you if I couldn't do that um it'd be a pretty easy walk away from me mm-hmm. um I, I'd do something else um that would that allow me to do that I, you know when when I get asked that question uh from other coaches you know how do you find balance I answer it very similar to the way that you answered the question and I don't know that you can force this but I, I really don't know that there is balance. I, I think it just has to be a part of what you do, and your family has to be able to be around, and they have to enjoy it. Because, uh, to to be honest, like if my daughter, who is a sophomore in college now, and my wife, who is an unbelievable coach wife, like if they didn't like being around basketball and going to games and and you know, doing things for the team and having the team over or, you know, attending team dinners. Like, if they didn't enjoy those types of things, I don't know if I could really do what I do. Like you said, you'd almost have to walk away from it. So your family has to blend with the basketball program, I guess is a good way to say it. Absolutely. Now, you got to remember, too, my my wife is fantastic. She's she's probably the opposite of that. I always Mm -hmm. tell people it's it's great to have a wife who's either a hundred percent all in with hoops or a hundred percent all out with hoops. And she's the second one of that. Uh So when I come home, uh, I, this is year four and she's never at once asked me, you know, how are things going? How'd the game go? I come home and I become Scott Moore, not coach. Yeah. And she, that's such a value for us where, and you know, I can talk to her about, you know, things with the guys and, and things that are going on at work and stuff like that. But from a basketball standpoint, like you got to remember my, my whole family's in this town, you know, within mm-hmm. five minutes from each other. So like we get it everywhere, right? Oh, yeah. Like Mass down yeah. the road market. The, the easiest thing I have is if I suck, all I got to do is look at my phone and Marcus Moore just tells me everything that I need to know. And he's not <laughs> sugarcoating anything. So um, I got my toughest critics just in my family, which is fine. Um, but that home life, that balance that you're talking about, mm-hmm. 
like, again, it's so, it's so important that you just, you, you choose, right? Mm-hmm. You, you do, if you want to do it, just, you have a choice and we choose to do it the way we do it. Absolutely. Well, coach, before we go on um, and talk about some other things, I wanted to touch on the fact that you are now coaching three of our guys from Bar Reeve um, that I've been blessed to coach. And I know off the air you talked about Hagen making it through uh, conditioning week, uh, or not conditioning week, but your conditioning program in the preseason and now you're in the season. Just touch on those guys a little bit and, and talk about how they're doing right now. Yeah, well, you know, the neat, neat story was we came down to the Hall of Fame Classic to mm-hmm. watch to watch you guys play. And, you know, we're actually recruiting, uh, you know, another kid for a while who you're playing against. And mm-hmm. we're just watching. And I remember just coming down to that after that game going, hey, you know, coach, who's this, who's this point guard you got? Like, it's like <laughs> how he plays. And, and so for us, you know, every college, that's the best part about our job is we get to, get you know, actually pick our team. Now, not everybody says yes. Yeah. You know, there has yeah. to be a reciprocation there. But, like, one of my favorite things is I love kids who just win. And I, I just – whatever whatever reason, kids who win in high school and kind of are drive that competitiveness, man, do they hate losing. So, mm-hmm. like, when they get here and I got a bunch of kids that are state champions or won 20-plus games or didn't lose very much, then mm-hmm. all of a sudden they lose a game or two. And it's like, no, this this sucks. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. And so, like, I, I'm telling you, you can't, you can't teach competitiveness. You mm-hmm. got it or you don't. And I love recruiting it. And your kids, you know, starting with Bryson, um, just completely, just unselfish, right? Like, to have a kid who just literally couldn't, he, he doesn't have to shoot it. Now, he has to shoot it for us because, yeah. you know, you got to be guarded. And he's done a great job of doing that. But, mm-hmm. like, just the unselfishness of, like, look, I want to win and I don't care what my stat line looks like, mm-hmm. I want to win. Mm-hmm. And I'll do anything you ask me. And so he's just done – man, he's done a tremendous job from year one to year two coming in here. He's bigger. He's stronger. You know, defensively, he has really, really taken that to heart mm-hmm. and become much better. And he's going to be a very valuable piece to us this year. Um, and then the, the two guys coming in, obviously, his brother, man, Caden's awesome. Caden might be the best shooter in our program. Like, holy <laughs> he, smoke, He man. can shoot the rock. Just, <laughs> shoot the rock and then you know Hagen the same thing just I just they got great motors they're great kids they've been coached and, and again you know you, you you take the kids that you can get but like those guys when you get them you know a couple things I don't have to teach toughness mm-hmm. I don't have to teach winning I don't have to teach certain details of the game and you know you say that well, what 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 do you do? But trust me, there's a lot of things in in, in our game where, man, if, if I don't have to teach A, B, and C, and I can move right to D, mm-hmm. then we're 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 in good shape, and that's yeah. what we try to do. So your program has been tremendous, and I mean, just keep that pipeline going, baby. <laughs> we'll just just go. That'll be Bar Eve North. <laughs> or that, no question, man. We got we got planes. We can come and go. You know. um, you talked about that, Coach. You talked about not having to always teach A, B, and C, and you can move on to D. And and that's one of the things that I talk to our feeder system coaches about. Um, and I, I'm loving – I'm coaching third-grade basketball this year. Last year I coached second-grade basketball because my youngest son is in that grade. And I've got really good guys that are helping me. And so we, we went and we played uh, on Sunday at Paoli, 
And we had practiced a couple times over the last couple weeks, but we had our last practice before we played games on Saturday. And you talk about a really good hour and 15-minute practice. Like, we had third graders in there, and those guys were talking about how good that practice was. But I told them, I said, we've got really good kids. They pay attention, and they're competitive. And like you said, we're not having to go back and constantly teach A, B, and C because those kids, even at second and third grade levels, have picked up on stuff, and they know how to win. And I think you've got a roster full of guys, not just our guys, but a roster full of guys up there at Grace that that have won. And I would have to think that's incredibly important at your level. Shocking it from the cheap seats is also brought to you by BSN Sports and Jeff Neal, their sales rep. Shop BSN Sports for a large selection of sports apparel and footwear, custom and stock Nike team uniforms, and sports equipment for your next winning season. Contact Jeff Neal at 812-204-3808 or visit BSNSports.com. You know, I, this is year four. For, I mean, obviously, I, this is year 13, um, actually 14 going in coaching, but four overall as a head coach. And you learn things every year, right? Mm-hmm. I, hopefully, I'm a better coach, and you can say the same thing. You're a better coach this year than you were five years ago mm-hmm. and so forth. So you learn, you, you take your lumps, you try to take the best and worst of every situation. But at the end of the day, um, especially with the kids that are, that I have that are, you know, 19, 20, 21, 22 years old is like, look, they're not robots. Mm-hmm. And, and the sooner you can realize like, look, these are human beings. They're young men. They're dealing with all these other things other than hoops, like mm-hmm. the relationship side of things, man, like that's everything. And, if I can get kids that I want to be around, that I want to like get kids that I can lose with. I know that's crazy to sound like I don't, I don't want to lose, but like if I can coach kids that I can lose with, Mm -hmm. then I can coach these kids when I win with them too. Like, so we've been really fortunate. We've, um, we've put together and so again, I, I think, you know, the Lord brings certain guys to your program and obviously, even some of the best recruits are the ones you don't get. Mm-hmm. And and you don't really know that until you kind of build a team and you see it. And now that we have something, I just believe our locker room is so special. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's made our recruiting, our assistant coaches are like, hey, look, man, like, we don't really want to mess this up. Like, let's be careful who we just – we just can't just bring in anybody just mm-hmm. because they're talented. Let's make sure that our guys – so we do. We, we involve – um, our guys in the recruiting process very heavily. You know, mm-hmm. we just had an open gym the other day, and uh, after open gym, Bryson and, and two of our other players, um, Ian Scott and Carter Stoltz, has come up and are like, hey, coach, what's the deal with this kid? Is Like, are we on this kid? We love him. I'm like, okay, that's mm-hmm. like, I need to know that, right? Yeah. Like, if you're interested, yeah. then let's get him back on a visit and let's, uh, let's, let's pursue it a little bit. Because if you want him and you want to have him in the locker room, then, you know, he's not with me coming home he's going with you in the dorm room you're going to be with him every day um and that's important that's valuable that that's awesome perspective and that's that's something i was going to ask you as a head coach at the college level um i i know you probably get to ask this a lot but what advice would you give parents like if they're talking to little johnny in the sixth grade and little johnny says you know like my youngest son he says i want to play i want to play college basketball he 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 says he's going to play in the league, and I asked him uh, one day a couple of weeks ago. I said, "Well, what what round, what pick do you think you're going to be?" He goes, "I'm going to be number one. Why would I? Why would I not be?" <laughs> yeah, and I love listening to that. Type Let's of go. Stuff. But you know, <laughs> as parents, 
you know, you're taking your son in sixth grade to play some AAU basketball, and then now all of a sudden they're in middle school and then into high school, and, and you're talking to your kids. Like, what advice should parents be talking to their kids about that college coaches are really looking for when they play AAU or when they're playing in their in, in high school games and college coaches are coming to watch them play? Yeah, I think this, uh, this comment may be taken – um, the wrong way by some people, and I'll explain a little bit afterwards. But mm-hmm. I, I really do believe um, if if college coaches were honest, they would tell you the same thing. I believe that um, parents can hurt their kids recruiting more than they can help it. Like, I honestly believe um, there are multiple situations where not just me, but other college coaches where we have not pursued a kid because mm-hmm. of mom and dad. And I've never to this day offered a kid a scholarship or had a kid on my team because I liked mom or dad. Like yeah. I've never. Yeah. So in saying that is, you know, I, I think sometimes, you know, parents can want it so bad, mm-hmm. but you got to remember like, like, you know, college is different, right? Like even high school where, yeah. like, man, you just, it's so hard not to you just gotta step back and let them be them. And I, I think the advice I would give as far as like, you know, I think cultivate where if the kids, if they want to do that, man, if they want to be that, then it, it's our job. Same thing with coaching. It's our job to present every opportunity that we can mm-hmm. for them to succeed or fail at that. Like that's okay. If they fail, if they're not good enough, if they don't get a scholarship or if they get cut, that's okay. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. Yeah. But, what, what what we're trying to do is we're trying to present them opportunities to be successful. So when I get a kid, I'll give you an example. When I get a kid in college, hey, you know, give me some goals that you have. Give me some team goals, individual goals, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, everybody, they all say essentially the same thing. They want to hang a banner. They want to be all Americans, all of this, all that, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so no matter what they say, if I put them in a box and I tell them, well, you know what, here's, here's what I think you're going to be. Yeah then I'm, I'm kind of limiting that kid on where they can go. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's not my job to, yes, it's my job to coach them and put them in a position and they'll have a role. But like, if this cat wants to be an all American, then I'm going to tell him exactly what I think it's going to take for him to get there. Yeah. And if he ends up being short or falling short of that, you know what? That's okay. Mm-hmm. But at least it was him trying. It wasn't me holding that back. And I would say the same thing about a high school kid or a parent. If these kids want to do this, listen to their goals, listen to their aspirations, and then just provide them with the opportunity that gives them a chance. Mm-hmm. And if they're good enough, man, like, trust me, you know, I'm a, I'm an NAI college basketball coach. Like, you know, we may get lucky to get on sports center once a year on a miracle shot. Mm-hmm. Right. So, mm-hmm. but like, you can't tell me a, a, a basketball program I've never heard of in the state of Indiana. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the amount of coaches where if I don't know a coach directly, I don't know every coach, but like there's pretty, I'm pretty certain that I could call a coach to get that coach. Yeah. I mean, the connection, and you know, this when you're in high school, it's the, the fraternity is so tight knit that mm-hmm. this, we know each other. And so I think with kids and parents, let that kid fail, man. Let them take opportunities. But the more individual work that they can get done, I think I think some kids get bad. I think parents get bad advice sometimes about 
um, especially like the workouts and some of these trainers and things like that where mm-hmm. yeah, there are some really good ones out there. And I, I poke fun at some sometimes and I'm just yeah, kidding I saw around your tweet like, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. You know, I yeah, just, and again, yeah. part of that joke and part of it, oh, serious, yeah, but yeah. like, seriously, like, like, you know, best thing you can do is man, barry basketball, like you get in the gym and work out and individual train and shoot. Like there is no, if there was a magic potion, where you had to do this, 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 and this, and then you'll become an Indiana all-star. Everybody would do it. But the Amen. fact is, yeah. that it, there is none. It's just the work is the work, mm-hmm. man. And some kids are going to grow, and some kids are going to get strong, and some kids are better shooters than other kids. But, like, at the end of the day, just put in the work. Get mm-hmm. bigger. Get faster. Get stronger. Get in the gym. Your high school coach, I guarantee you, if there's a high school coach that, gets mad at their kid for calling them and getting them in the gym to shoot. And that's how you need to find another job. Right. So all that, that's all they got to do. If they called coach Thompson at 8 PM coach, I have the keys. I want to get some shots up. I'm guessing that your wife would give you the head nod. Like, yeah, man, like I get it. Yep. And you'd take care of that kid. So that's, that's all I would say is just, you know, engage in them, listen to them and then provide any opportunity that they can succeed or fail. But, you know what? The only way they can fail is if they quit at something. Mm-hmm. That's it. If they if they if they don't make it, they're not a failure. They just they that's okay. Yeah. There's something else that you know. Coach, you know, you talked about how, coach, you talked about how you spent time there with Coach Kessler as an assistant coach. You've got some really good assistant coaches for you uh, right now. Just talk a little bit about what it's like to be an assistant coach at the college level, how tough that is, and and the grind that you go through as an assistant coach. Oh man, it's um, it is the assistants are everything. Uh-huh. I mean, I got two of them that I would do anything to keep, and mm-hmm. it's hard as an assistant because the head coach, like just because my name's on the wall, right? Mm-hmm. So like any any success any failure, anything, it's all going to come back to me first. Yeah. Um, but I, I try really hard to, to put both, you know, coach Widener and coach Halstead out. I mean, they are just phenomenal. And, and I think from the college standpoint, man, if you don't like, it's hard to do this by yourself. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do it in high school by yourself. Um, it's just, we play so many different hats, right? You're a counselor, mm-hmm. you're, a coach, you're a father figure, you're an older brother to some of these kids. And at the end of the day, I'm 37 years old. And, you know, I, I don't, yeah, my, my two assistants are younger than me. They have different background experiences from me. So like the, the having those two guys on staff to be able just to bounce ideas off, to be able to meet with our guys, to be able just to learn different things. And they're both, they're so high IQ that, you know, I'm okay with, with hearing, Hey coach, what if we did this? Or what if this is not, you know, I don't agree with that. Let's, let's go this route. Mm-hmm. Um, I think being an assistant is so valuable in learning so many things, man. I think what I learned with coach is you learn not only all these things that you want to do, but so a lot of things you don't want to do. Yeah. Like that's okay. Right. When you have your own program, uh, that's the best part is it, it's again, it's your name on the door. So, the ship is yours, man. So you got to make these decisions. Yeah. But I think, I think the experience that I had both with Matt and coach K um, and just, you know, just grinding away and learning mm-hmm. and uh, putting up, put the hours in and you look, 
I'm not on my schedule. I'm going to have to be on coach's schedule and whatever practice schedule. Sometimes that means we're practicing at five in the morning. And sometimes that means we're practicing at nine o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And, um, it just, again, it's, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It, it has helped me again. When you get to this point, I don't care how prepared you are. You know, no one, you can read all the baby books you want, but when you're a dad the first time, like you're a dad the first time, right? You, oh yeah. And that's the same thing with coaching. Like you can prepare yourself as much as possible, but until you're 12 inches to the right seat um, and and you get those, you know, those first phone calls or that first officiator, all this and that, like, again, it's different and it takes time. And those, those assistants definitely get really good at stretching a dollar because as an assistant, you're not extremely well paid. (laughs) No, no, not at all. It's uh it's, let's just say the uh, the best clothes I have are uh, anything that I got from Grace over the last couple of years that are coming out of my basketball budget. So, yeah, absolutely, yeah, you got to wear a lot of that free coach's gear when you're an assistant. Shoes <laughs> and gear, man, you got to take advantage of it. Just a real quick story about me. There was a there was an opportunity when Coach Lansing was at Indiana State. Um, yep. There was a director of basketball job that that came open, and at the time, and again, I won't go in and. and tell this big long-winded story but at the time he and I'd gotten to know each other a little bit and um, we we talked about that position I would have had to give up a a position as a head basketball coach at Springs Valley and being the assistant principal so I was being at a pretty good salary and had insurance benefits and all that and you know what the director of basketball at Indiana State was going to pay and I'll never forget about a free meal ticket and twelve bucks. Oh, yeah, uh, so I come home. We've got a little one, um, and and you know JC was, I want to say maybe first grade, and then we had a little one that was uh, just a little over a year old. And I remember giving my best sales pitch to Jamie about how great this opportunity was going to be. And I just remember her looking at me and she just said, have fun. <laughs> so that's all I needed. That's all I needed. If you want to pursue that's that, it. you go, you go do it, man. You be you. But yeah, it. those assistant coaches, man, they, they, like you said, and, and my assistant coaches here at the high school level, I've got great ones and we can't do what we, what we do without assistant coaches. And those guys, I know I've got a lot of assistant coaches that listen to the podcast and, those guys are going to get their opportunity. The, the one piece of advice I always give them is don't be in too big of a hurry and get yourself in a bad spot um, mm-hmm. because sometimes you can get in a hole that's really hard to dig out of. I think there's such value in in being um, at a great place where, again, you know, a lot of people just want – they want to take that head job and, just because they want a head job. And mm-hmm. I think yeah. a lot of people make bad decisions where – man, they'd give anything to get back into the position they were in. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and yeah, there's just, there's so many opportunities. There's so many good coaches, but again, I think that if you put in the work and you do a great job, um, like you're going to have your opportunities, everybody's time is different. Sometimes, you you know, I I was lucky. I played here. Um, I got with coach, you know, as he was on on the, the end of his career. And, and, and I, I don't take this for granted. I know that I'm extremely lucky where, I probably have a top 20 job in the country mm-hmm. at the NAI level, and it may be the only job I have coaching. And, yeah. and someone's route um, is different than mine. Some mm-hmm. people, you know, don't go back to their alma mater. They go other places and move around and do this. But, yeah, I just I think be where your feet are and try to make that, that guy um, look as good as possible and, you know, win some games, have some fun, change, change lives, and, 
and uh, you'll get where you want to go if you want to do this long enough, for sure. Coach, you talked about being at one of the top jobs in NAIA. You guys had a really good run last year to the NAIA tournament. Just talk about how special NAIA basketball is and and the national tournament, because I think the whole system is one of the neatest things in sports. It's you know it's probably one of the most misunderstood um, basketball leagues around. I mm-hmm. think that we, we're fortunate just because. We, we do play in the Crossroads League, and, and up here in northern Indiana, you know, we just we don't fight a lot with Division twos. There's only one or two Division twos in the state of Indiana left. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we talk about the, the Division ones. There's You have your high majors, but there's not a ton of low majors around us. So mm-hmm. the Indiana basketball is already good, but then all of a sudden you, you take around a look at this league, and it's flooded with these dudes that were Indiana All-Stars that are, yeah. are you know, they're getting recruited by by seven Division ones and then us. Yeah. And it's like, well, that, what in the world? Mm-hmm. And that's just what it is, right? And I think yeah. that there's other pockets across the country that have that same, same situation that we do. But it's just there's so many good schools and the education piece where, man – if you want great basketball, if you want a great education, um, but you don't have the opportunity to do it at a school that, you know, maybe 40,000 kids go to, like there's opportunities out there and there's mm-hmm. a ton of great opportunity and there's opportunities that you can fulfill your dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, you know, I, I, I never, I don't like getting on a soapbox and telling us I've changed my opinions over tech because I played I played at Grace. I'm an NAI guy. I love I love where I'm at. I love the basketball. I believe in it. It's big time basketball. But like, you know, a lot of kids if if Mike Bray is recruiting you and you got a chance to go to Notre Dame, mm-hmm. um, or if you're going to Purdue or, you know, Indiana or Michigan Tom Izzo calls or something, like, look, those are opportunities that like, man, I would probably do that too, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's an opportunity where the connection there is better than right now probably what I can give you. Mm-hmm. But there's so many other Division One or Division Twos that, again, I would probably classify uh, not as good as an experience. And mm-hmm. these kids, unfortunately, just they chase sometimes a, a, a letter and a number. Yeah. And then they get there and they're like, wait a minute. Like, man, I got I got way less people coming to my games in college than I did when I was in high school, mm-hmm. right? I got – I'm driving on a bus for eight hours just to play a Tuesday night road game in front of 50 fans. This mm-hmm. sucks. This is what I signed up for. <laughs> and so, you know, you try to, you can, you can press that and I can push that. But again, I, I, we just try to give the experience like, look, I got 2000 kids at my school. We got one of the coolest arenas in all the country. Mm-hmm. I got a lake two blocks away. Um, we got full ride scholarships. I got a great campus. I got great, you know, a great team. I got great assistants where they're wearing cool gear. Like everything that Michigan state has, we want to try to do the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. We just don't have the quantity that they have. Yeah. Um, So the big time is where you are. And we try to Mm -hmm. make this as big as possible. We got a ton of powerhouse programs in this, this league from St. Francis to Wesleyan, to Bethel to Taylor, to Hunter. I mean, it's just everywhere, right? It's just full Marion, um, and so competing in that every single week, um, it, it's probably why I'm bald now is I don't have any hair left um, <laughs> after coaching this league, but, um, yeah, I mean, it just brings out the best in you. It's just so yeah. fun to be a part of that. And it's so well-respected where 
I can't tell you, and you know this because you're, you're, you are familiar with it, but I can't tell you how many people come or watch or experience and go, holy smokes, mm-hmm. this is nothing. This is nothing like I, I, I ever even thought it was. Oh yeah. And again, it, it is what it is. I'm kind of used to it now. I, you know, I've been doing this for a long time and I've been here for a long time where it's like, yeah, I get it. Um, but I think we got a good thing going. I think we have a special thing going and I'm excited you know, we didn't have any seniors graduate last year. I had 100% of my roster return. The only person we added was your kid, um, you know, Hagen from, from Parrib, Indiana, mm-hmm. down south. Like, so it's the same squad, yeah. and it's just a neat, it's a neat thing to be a part of, um, even if I am a very small part of it. You know, Coach, you talked about the quality of basketball, and Coach Gene Miller, uh, who's a good friend of mine down here at Washington, extremely yep. well-respected across the country, not just in the state of Indiana. But Coach Miller talks about if you had the opportunity as a high school coach to take your kids every year to a junior college game, a D3 game, a D2, NAI, and a Division One, that, that, that would be a great experience for kids. And I know as a high school player, I did not appreciate the quality of basketball at those other levels. And then I show up on the campus of Hanover College and mm-hmm. I got my eyes open to how good Division Three basketball yeah. is. And NAI is another step. And I just think what you guys have there is special. I think what all the coaches in the Crossroads League have is special. wanted to uh, shift gears a little bit again and go back to family. You, you talked about this guy, Matt, a good friend of mine, your brother. And he's six years older than you, correct? Correct. I had to ask you this. When was the first time you ever beat Matt one-on-one? Oh, Mark and I were probably five or six years old or something like that. It's probably when we started getting taller than him. Oh, I, I, had to, I had to open the door for you, and you yeah, just drop kicked it over. In. Uh, but I don't know. You know, probably there, I'm sure we got lucky a few times in, in, in high. The problem was being six years old, man, that gap is such a huge gap. Oh, yeah. The maturity comes through. So when, even when we get into high school and – you know, yeah. we're past puberty now, and we actually we're growing, and we're six foot two, and all that. He's just Mark he's Jackson, still, and you guys oh, in the driveway, man, right? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's mean, man. He pushes you down. So that was awesome, though, for us. To, yeah, because that's all we wanted to do was we just wanted to play with Matt and his friends mm-hmm. and be a. All we wanted to do was get on the floor with them and, and to get yeah. your rear end kick every single day mm-hmm. and just to try to get a piece of like it just makes you better. And and I just. Man, we were so fortunate just to be able to be in the situation. Matt, you know, Mark and I got a lot of – we got a lot of things, um, a lot of accolades through through our high school and college days. But I don't think – I mean, I know this. I, I think, you know, Matt, Matt kind of went through that field and chopped mm-hmm. down a lot of corn for us to walk through it. Yeah. And I never take that for granted of just the kind of the step and – the direction that he led us in, um, it made things so much easier. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing for my sister, man. It just made our job a lot easier when we had those two. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, another thing that, that Matt, I mean, Matt's well-known, well, well known, well-respected throughout the state of Indiana for X's and O's, lots of different things. I know flow offense, he and I spent a lot of time talking about that. We ran a lot of that back in 2021 um, and different options out of that stuff. But, Another thing that Matt's really well known for is his mantra there at Warsaw, old school tough. And when yep. when that podcast came out, I had a lot of coaches reach out to me and they're like, hey, I need Matt's number. And I'm like, okay, here you go. You know, Matt doesn't mind me sharing his number. 
But they're like, I got to get a hold of him to make sure it's okay with him that I use that with my team. And I'm like, Matt's not going to care. But, you know, coaches just out of respect wanted to reach out to him. You know, I, I love that. I love that because, you know, now when people say Warsaw basketball, like old school tough just like comes into their mind. If you could pinpoint something about grace basketball that's similar to that, what would it be? Yeah. You know what? I, we all have our kind of recruiting philosophies, right? Mm-hmm. Like mine's a little different just because being in college, you try to build your team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love, I love the old school tough mm-hmm. um, because it, it, it really, it, it exemplifies everything that Matt is. Yeah. Right. Like your teams essentially are who your head coach is. Amen to that. And yes. old school tough is Matt Moore. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he is, he, I like basketball coach. Yeah. Matt loves basketball. Like mm-hmm. he eats it, breathes it. He's got no freaking hobbies. The dude's a bum. <laughs> he's drawing plays on napkins, probably in the middle of church. Right. Like he yeah. just, yeah, that's just who he is. Yeah. And he he's old school, and man, is he tough. And his mm-hmm. kids are that way, and his program has kind of taken on that. I would say for Grace basketball, we're very similar in the sense of we have a competitive toughness about it, mm-hmm. but the way we go about it is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of I'm trying to think of the word that coach Mark Davidson used when he came and gave a devotional for us last year. Mm -hmm. Um, He called, he said something along the lines of a, you're like a calm storm. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I have no idea what you mean. He's like, well, just like watching you coach and watch your team play. It's like this hurricane, Mm -hmm. but it's the most gentle hurricane you've ever seen and mm-hmm. when they get done it's this destruction that like yeah. it's, it's, holy cow we've got our butt kicked but like it's in a way that again so I don't really have the words for it but like yeah. that's what I would want to describe our guys is like we're we are we are so competitive they're so tough but there's this gentleness about it where you know we're going to try to do things mm-hmm. the right way we're going to do things like the kind of the coach Benedict thing right yeah. what I led to where um you know, yeah, we're just, the details matter. You know, Coach, you, you, you hit something, and I'm glad that you talked about it because I didn't even have that written down. But you talked about Coach Mark Davidson, and I couldn't agree more. You guys are like a calm storm, and people don't even know that the storm's coming until it hits them. That's just the way you guys play. And uh, Coach had such a great way of putting things and just the way you put that to you guys. But I loved every time I got to talk to Coach – and I loved when they would come play in the holiday tournament up here at North Davies. Um, you know, they would use our facility, whether we were playing them or they were playing somebody else. I told Coach, I said, you guys are staying out here at the Gostoff. You're more than welcome to use our gym. And and I love the fact that, you know, I didn't do this when we were getting ready to play them, um, although I probably should have. <laughs> but I would go in and I would watch their shoot-around. And I'd watch the way Coach interacted with players – Mm-hmm. Um, I love the way that he talked to his team at the end of practice and the way that the kids stood and, you know, hands behind their back and eyes on, on coach. Just talk a little bit about coach. Talk about the boys that you, you have coached there mm-hmm. at Grace and the impact that he's had on you. Well, to me, now that I'm 37 years old, like my view of a basketball coach, like that's, that's Mark Davidson. Mm-hmm. That's a coach. Yeah. 
uh, a long time ago, and I've never, I've never forgot this. Is it's probably, I think it's in my Twitter bio or something like that. But like, I think sometimes we forget. We, we actually, we don't coach basketball. You know, mm-hmm. we teach basketball. We coach people. Yeah. Great um, point. Great point. And that's what that's what I do. I, I yeah. teach the game of basketball, but I coach people. You coach people, mm-hmm. and watching a guy like Mark Davidson coach people coach life dude just freaking lived it man mm-hmm. like one of the most genuine people i've ever met and to go through you know stuff that he was going through mm-hmm. but impacting the amount of people um for the lord and just using the game of basketball to to shine that back on him like i mean to me toughness like that's the definition. Amen. Mark Davidson is the definition of toughness. And I had the opportunity, you know, this last year, like going through that with both Marcus and Frankie, mm-hmm. um, you know, I tell people at the end of the year, coaching is not me telling Frank to curl and take that 15 foot jumper and knock it. Like mm-hmm. that coaching was, what we had to do through the season when, you know, Mark was dealing with his illness and the boys had to leave and, you know, Hey, I got to miss practice today or I can't go here. Mm-hmm. Hey coach, can we go back? Is it like that, that is coaching. And I was able to kind of help grow in that, um, through the experience, but like to see the, to be at the funeral, um, and to see the gathering with all those people there and just to look around. I remember looking around the church and just seeing the faces going like, man, talk about mm-hmm. a life well lived. Like this dude changed lives mm-hmm. and he changed my life. He changed your life. Yeah. And just, you're so impacted by presence. Right. And yeah. I think those guys are just like, there's those guys just aren't, uh, they're aren't around as much anymore, man, mm-hmm. where you can just feel a person's presence. And I remember every time I talked to Mark Davidson, I went away feeling like, man, I just, I just went through a storm, man. I went through a quiet storm. I went through this, like, I want to be better. Like, I, I want to do better. I want to, like, he just makes you, you know, the way he quotes scripture and his mm-hmm. language and the way he's talking positive and just everything is, is just, oh, it's just, it was just a breath, breath of fresh air, man, every time you talk to him. And I just, I love his boys. I love his family. I'm so blessed to be able to, to, you know, be around those kids. Um, and they're not even kids, man. They're, they're men, man, yeah. what they had to do and, um, Lisa, his wife, just is such a rock star, and mm-hmm. and uh, man, I just yeah, I miss him. I got his picture. I'm looking at it right now, hanging up in my office. Yeah, man. I got his picture just hanging right here, and just uh, just extremely special. Yeah, you know, when we started this podcast last year, Mark was one of the people I wanted to have on, and I reached out to him and I, I said, Coach, I know everything you're going through right now, and and you know, as far as treatments and everything, I said, but I'd love to have you on. We can do this anytime. And he's like, no, I want to do it right away. And he was out in Arizona. Uh, I think it might've yep. been about this time last year. Yep. And I said, coach, you don't have to do that. He said, no, I want to do it. And I want to do it for you. But he said, more importantly, I want to do it because there might be one coach, head yep. coach, assistant coach that I share my message, my story with and it inspires them to live for the Lord in a, in a more dynamic way. And he said, that's why I want to do it. And I thought, my gosh, like, like it, it's almost like it, it just so awesome. It just makes you feel like, Hey, I, I need to live up to that. And like you said, he made everybody around him and everybody that he talked to better. 
no question. I mean, I, it makes you um, like that's the basketball coach that I want to be. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to impact the way that that man impacted and just um, yeah, I mean, it's special. Just uh, I honestly miss him miss him dearly. I know his family does, and yeah, um, just irreplaceable man absolutely well coach we've taken a lot of your time here today i want to finish up with a little bit of a speed round um and so just uh give us the first thing that pops into your head who was your hero as a as a little six-year-old kid and and you can't say matt (laughs) who was your childhood hero that's the problem is when i was six years old he was the one that was beating up on me now my childhood hero that's a great probably um when we were that age, Marcus and I probably would have both said uh, Damon Bailey. Damon Bailey, great childhood hero. Had a, had an opportunity to actually watch Damon Bailey in high school as a little kid. Um, don't want to steal your thunder and your answers, but one of my favorite basketball memories of all time was Damon's sophomore year. They played at Bloomfield. Bloomfield beat him, and just a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal game. And I remember – like, I think I was like six or seven years old. My dad took me down to the gym, and I'm like, Dad, why are we going so early? And he's like, we got to get down there. We got to get down there early. And like an hour before the JV game, the place was packed. Just crazy. Absolutely crazy. But um, your least favorite chore that your wife has you do around the house? Oh, man. Uh, I'm, not a big, I'm not a big laundry guy, and I get stuck doing <laughs> it all the time. Yeah, that that one's not high on my list either. Favorite food? Oh man, I love I love food. I love Italian. I love barbecue, and I don't think I could pick between the two. Okay, okay. So when when the Grace basketball team's going out for team dinner, as long as it's a pit barbecue place or uh, a nice Italian restaurant, you're you're in good shape. Huh? We uh, let's just say the boys are taken care of because I get to pick where we eat, and it's usually those places. Coach, I know that you've got some hobbies that you enjoy on the side. I know you've talked about wanting to come down to southern Indiana and do some hunting and, and fishing, but what what's your hobby? Yeah, I, yeah I'm an outdoorsman. Um, I like anything that I can just kind of – yeah, I love people. I love being around people. But I think for me um, to have that opportunity to step away and just be, um, you know, be by myself or just be with some close personal friends. I, I have some really close friends here that – I love hunting. I love fishing. I'm really a bit more into fishing, to be honest with you. Uh, actually going dove hunting tonight with a friend of mine um, here up in Indiana. Um, I like uh, I, I like all sports that I can still possibly do. I'm a little bit of a golfer. Um, I'm a little bit of a, uh, a ping pong guy. I'm a little bit of a – I'm get, trying to get – my assistants are way better than me, but they're trying to get me into pickleball. And so apparently it's the old person sport of, uh, you know, tennis, how – we just – you get older and you get stiffer, man. You got to look for, for ways to compete. So, yeah, they yeah. got me playing pickleball now. Well, pickleball is a great sport. I love pickleball. We're finishing up pickleball unit in Mr. Thompson's PE classes. But being Let's the go. ping pong connoisseur that you are, have you taken on either one of the Graber brothers? I can beat Bryson. Oh uh, I'm going to be honest with you. The, 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 the younger one is uh, – I played uh-huh. one time down at the uh, Graber residence, and he did get me. Yeah, um, yeah. So, I need to practice to get my rematch. They're both really good, but Caden, Caden's special. I, I, no, no I've always told people when I watch Caden play ping pong that like he could be that Forrest Gump level ping pong player. So I, I think he's that good. Um, favorite podcast or uh, author that that you listen to or you read 
uh, that you you think assistants or head coaches would really benefit from? Uh, well, from a basketball standpoint, um, hey, I, Matt may have actually um, said this to you too, but like I, I like uh, Dick Davenzio's book mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so good, man. Just from a basketball standpoint, um, I love John Eldridge. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big John Eldridge fan. I, Wild at Heart is my favorite book. Great so book. I like I like that as far as you know, just the outdoorsman and just kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, I like John Wooden stuff. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff. Um, I think my from a podcast standpoint, I do listen to um, probably a lot more shows than read. I'm a history guy. I'm a history major, so I do like some history um, podcasts that mm-hmm. I'm sure are pretty boring to a lot of people listening, but. Um, <laughs> I listen to Erwin McManus, one of my favorite pastors. Uh, mm-hmm. He's got a great podcast. And then um, any, uh, I'm trying to think of the one that I just got into. Have you just have, not, have you read his book, McManus's book? Uh, I have not yet. Is that yeah. the Broken Arrow one? Yeah, uh, the Last Arrow. That, that, Last Arrow, yeah, yeah, yeah. I highly recommend it. One of my okay. top top fives. Yeah, you got to read that. Matter of fact, I may just send it to you. Um, okay, I'd love to. Coach, my, my, one of my goals that I have for the upcoming year is to get to Grace for a home game. So awesome. let's say that my wife and I, we make this drive up to Grace. Where do I need to take her out to dinner? Uh, we got a good place, man. If you, wanna, if, if you want a nice little scenic view, man, the lake's just a block away. So okay. uh, the, boathouse is, uh, the boathouse is a nice little place. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine from college. Uh, runs the place, so it's it's right there on the water. You can't go wrong with that. Okay. If you like uh, if you like Mexican food, man, we got a handful. I can uh, I can I can ship your way. But I will say this: if you're coming on a Saturday, and it's Saturday afternoon conference game, uh-huh. we got a barbecue man in town that sets up <laughs> shop, and he, I'm telling you, it's unless you go down to Kansas City or something like that. It's the best barbecue you're gonna have. It's about and as so, good as about as good oh. as it's gonna get, huh? He is, he is as good as it gets. So you come on a Saturday, I'll hook you up. We'll take care of you. Coach, really appreciate uh, your time and, and your answers. Uh, again, I know you've got three of our guys. They're, they're in great hands up there with you and the, the other assistants. Um, I just uh, pray that you guys have a great season this year. Wish you guys the best of luck. Um, just continue to stay injury-free and, and continue to persevere, Coach. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate you. We thank Coach Moore so much for being on the podcast with us next week. Make sure you tune in. We are going to be joined by the one, the only, Mike Broughton, the man in charge of the Indiana All-Star Program. Check us out next week. Checking it from the cheap seats. Coach Broughton, right here. Anywhere you find your podcast. <laughs>